Hi, and welcome to The Language Lie. A podcast about idioms. I'm Ingrid. I'm Casey. How's it going, Casey? It's going so great. How are you today, Ingrid? It's going so great. Great. It's been a bang up of a week. Everything's perfect. Yeah. I, I believe you. Mm-hmm. You can look in my eyes and tell just how perfect everything is. I can. <laughs> I can. If you haven't met me, I'm a little sarcastic sometimes. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, everything is lovely. It's Okay, cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't like, have yeah, any. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't have any follow up this week. Okay, I okay. don't either. Um, okay, but I guess we should mention now that <gasps> yes. if you're into pervy things, <laughs> just uh, stop. I really wish you'd stop using the word pervy, and now I think you do because you know that I don't like it. Yeah, uh, if you're in, if you're into pervy things, um, head over to our Patreon where you can support us number one which is the most exciting part of it but as a little token of our appreciation we have some uh pervy idiom episodes over there they're just ones that are a little racier than our typical slightly recordings. slightly so yeah i found some fun stuff for that one today so after we record this we're gonna hop on over there so come give that a listen if you'd like it's patreon.com forward slash the language lie and just put up a couple new ones today so we're getting caught up over here, folks. Catching up on our editing. It's great. Mm-hmm. So much fun. <laughs> uh, so I hear you have an idiom for us today, Casey. I do have an idiom. <gasps> would you like to hear it? Mm, sure. You know right, what? Cool. I would. I would like to hear it. It is to make ends meet. Oh. Okay. This is a good one. To make ends meet. Do you know what it means? I've always Have you used it? Have you heard it? Yeah, I actually use this one. It is a, like a lot of the idioms we do, I'm like, no, <laughs> I know what that means, but I don't ever use it. To make ends meet, I do, um, which I don't want that to say anything about my life in general, but <laughs> to make ends meet means that you're making the ends meet. You're making do with what you have, perhaps, or you're... Figuring out a way to make little with, make a lot with little? Sure. So okay. Cambridge Dictionary says to have just enough money to pay for the things you need. Idioms.thefreedictionary.com says to earn just enough money to pay one's bills. So their the, definitions were better than mine. So, well, they're just a little more concise. <laughs> they also are professional definition makers. So. Well, I am sort of a professional definition maker. <laughs> I'll let you keep going. I don't know what I don't know how to help you there. <laughs> I'm bad Practice at my job, perfect. Casey. <laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, the idioms.com I feel like has the the best general version of it that uh, sort of how I think of it is they say it is to cope or to scrape by or to get by. And I feel like that's kind of the general vibe of to make ends meet. It's usually used, I feel like, with in regards to finance. Mm-hmm. Yes, it but means it can, money. Yeah. So the idioms.freedictionary.com gave a couple examples. To make ends meet, Phil picked up a second job delivering pizzas. Um, Good for after, Phil. Yeah, he's resourceful. He's mm-hmm. filling his time. <laughs> after the large income tax hike, many people suddenly found it difficult to, 
to make ends meet. Hmm. Do you know the origin of this idiom, Ingrid? Absolutely not. Got it. In no way do I have any guess as to what the origin of this idiom is. Yeah, right? It's a weird uh, one. Well, maybe like a string or something, a rope, where you're making it into a loop and the two ends would get tied together. So the ends would be meeting. I don't know why it would have anything to do with money, but... Cool. Um, you're pretty close. So I would just <laughs> like to say that I had never seen this written down, and I thought it was to make ends meet, M-E-A-T. Oh, like, it, with a, like a cow? <laughs> well, in my head, it was like the crappy ends of meat, and like that's what you... Got, could afford from the butcher oh. just like the bad cuts of meat okay because you're just scraping by so this is like a kidneys and livers situation yeah in my head uh it is not that also the i have been watching master chef junior with my child we just started and i saw a kidney for the first time like an like a, one of the they had to cook kidneys that's disgusting looking no one should eat that that's my advice for the day okay okay cool great yeah, uh nice. you heard it here folks <laughs> we're gonna get banned by the kidney <laughs> lobby but wow oh my god <laughs> wow uh so the idiom is actually m-e-e-t which when i looked that up i was like what <laughs> um and yes you are uh you're pretty close with your your definite or your origin so wordhistories.net says that the first use, the first printed use of this um, was in the history of the Worthies of England, which I would assume is a family, published in 1662 uh, by a clergyman named Thomas Fuller. Uh, it was in regards to the death of an archbishop named Edmund Grindle, who hmm. died in 1583. Fuller said, worldly wealth he cared not for, desiring only to make both ends meet. And as for that little that lapped over, he gave it to pious uses both in universities and founding the fair free school at St. B's, the place of his nativity. So, first printed hmm. use. Okay. 1583. Okay. They go on to say, the origin of this idiom comes from tailoring or dressmaking, and and it <laughs> refers to the material needed in order to make a piece of clothing reach around the body so okay. that the two ends meet. Oh. Um, so this is what Thomas Fuller seemingly tried to imply um, with the with the phrase that he used, like the little that lapped over, um, so any excess fabric. G. E. Kent published um, a new dictionary of the terms ancient and modern of the Canton crew in 1699, which mentioned another idiom to cut your coat according to your cloth, which I really like. So it's another mm -hmm. kind of version of that. Um, so this sort of seems to support the idea that this idiom came from tailoring or dressmaking. I like it. Yeah. Word Histories also mentions a possible second origin. Are you ready for Ooh. that one? Yeah. Oh, Everyone should dear. be super excited right now. <laughs> wow, this is the suspense is it's killing a, me, Casey. Yeah, it's a spicy idiom, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. They state that the idiom could also refer to the end and subsequent new beginning of a year from a fiscal standing in which the verb means the verb meet means to agree or to tally. So from a bookkeeping standpoint, it could mean like maintaining a balanced budget from year end to year beginning over a course of a year. But that's... Or over the course of a new year. 
But then that would be, it would be to make the end meet the beginning. So not making two ends meet. So in reference to that, because I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a French term which means to make both ends meet. If you'd like, I can send it to you and you can read it. <laughs> I mean, but I have something else for you to read later. Okay, so we'll just... let's do that. <laughs> so this was published in 1694. And the example that they gave was he cannot join one end of the year to the other to say his goods are not sufficient for him to go until the end of the year. So basically, like, his expenditures for one year at the end of the year on the 31st of December were higher than his income. Okay. Um, and so he went into the new year at a loss. Mm-hmm. So he didn't go into the new year with a balanced budget. Okay. Is the idea. Does that make sense? Sure. I'm trying to make you understand, Ingrid. <laughs> no, I think it makes perfect sense. So the idea is that you go into a new year with, I don't want to, I feel like I'm mansplaining. So, um, honey, do you know what money is? Uh, <laughs> no, I've never, never dealt with that myself. I let the men folk <laughs> handle all that. It just looks like silly little paper. Uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I'm going to just move on uh, before I get canceled. Um, <laughs> This is used again in 1748 by Tobias Smollett um, in the adventures of Roderick Random. What a great name. Oh, yeah. I am, he said, a single man, have considerable annuity on which I live according to my own inclination and make the ends of the year meet very comfortably. Dictionary doc- pretty happy with himself, Roderick yeah. Random. Yeah. Uh, Dictionary.com says that this could also... This should have been up further in the notes, and I don't know what happened. Whoever edited my notes really messed up. <laughs> hey, our intern sucks. Yeah, our intern is fired. <laughs> We're going to save a lot on our intern budget now. We don't have an intern. It's me. <laughs> so dictionary.com says this could also reference the common practice of splicing rope ends together in order to cut shipboard expenses. Oh, so literally splicing two ends of a rope together. To so that's kind of what meet. I said. I know. Okay. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Thank you. I was just being proud of myself. I know. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought you were like mansplaining to me how I was wrong. <laughs> no, okay. So we've already established that's called womansplaining when I do oh, it. God. Sorry. Moving forward. In 1823, Charles Lamb published Old China, um, in which this idiom is used again. It is mighty pleasant at the end of the year to make all meet. And much ado, we used to have every 31st night of December to account for our exceedings. Many a long face did you make over your puzzled accounts, and in contriving to make it out how we spent so much, or that we had not spent so much, or that it was impossible we should spend so much next year, and still we found our slender capital decreasing. Hmm. So I think that's like... like, That sounds sad. Yeah. Uh, And, you know... Most of it, most of the uses of the early uses of this idiom were in regards to finance. Um, so just sort of backing up my original point. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, one use that I really liked was it's from the Dictionary of Clichés by Christine Ammer. Mm. And the quote from there is On the death of Herbert Hoover in 1964, someone recalled that he said, About the time we can make ends meet, somebody moves the ends. Mm. I like that. It yeah. just hurt, hurts a little bit. Yeah. I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah. Like constantly. Um, so I'm going to send you something. 
I'm very excited. Are you? No. Okay. All right. So I'm to read this. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't want to be the one to say this has got to stop. But every time I give a girl all the loving I have got, she breaks my heart in two, leaves me looking like a fool. There just ain't nothing I can do. But it's time that we all admit and just give in a little. You can't make ends meet by leaving love out the middle. Mmm, gotta make those ends meet, girl. <laughs> okay, well, you took on like a southern rap thing, early 2000s southern rap thing at the end. <laughs> that long girl. I feel like that line could not be said without the early 2000s southern rap. Well, this song is actually from 1967. Oh. Uh, it's from the band The Midnighters, and it's called Make Ends Meet slash You're Gonna Make Me Cry. Aww. Um, th- side note, The Midnighters were among the first rock acts to openly sing about Chicano themes in songs such as Chicano Power and the Ballad of Cesar Chavez. Wow. Cesar Chavez, I guess. I'm yeah. a white person, so. <laughs> um, so you're not going to run around saying guacamole? Like no, many I, people I at the vegetarian restaurant where I used to work, the customer would be oh, like, really? yes, I'd like to have an order of the guacamole. I was like, just, okay. 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 Yeah, we'll go get your guacamole. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the only other thing that I have to say really is that this idiom used to be to make both ends meet. Um, okay. And we just took out both. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, so I all think for, it, I'm all for some succinctness. I like sure. to take things out. Yeah, I think it just helps identify what's happening. And I don't think that I would have had this idea of like a meat packing plant and someone just like taking the scraps to feed their kids. Right. Had I known both ends meet. There wouldn't be have been like a Charlie Bucket situation going on in your head there. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> He's the kid from... Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie Bucket? Charlie Beckett. Yeah. Beckett or Bucket? Bucket. bucket. Like a bucket of slop. Mm-hmm. The Bucket family. Like the bedpans that they had under that bed? <laughs> Buckets? <laughs> that, was, that, that was always, even as a child, that was one of the most disturbing scenes. I was like, they've been in that bed for 20 years? It's four mm-hmm. people. They need to, I don't know. You got to either kill them or they got to get jobs. Like, this is... Casey looks mortified right now. Wow, you gotta kill him? Charlie Bucket's gonna kill him? This is a family podcast, Ingrid. What what in Johnny Depp nightmare version of this are you you getting this? I don't remember the Bucket family in the Johnny Depp one. They were probably dead. But, um... Yeah, and I'm sorry. It was very offensive for me to say that. Well, but they were in like night dresses, and they looked really. You know, when I was a kid, I was I just stop talking. Okay, um, so moving on from that, <laughs> I have an international idiom. Oh, yay! Well, thank you for your work on the one that you did. Oh, truly a pleasure. Makins meet. I was glad to see a glimpse into the mind of Casey. That he thought it was about entrails. Meat. Yeah. I had this. Have you ever seen um, the Irish movie about the Southie guys? The- Boondock Saints. <laughs> they work in like a meatpacking plant. 
uh, meatpacking plant. And in my head, it was just like literally the scraps mm. that they would like take home and feed their family with. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. All right. Glad you get to change that because that sounds she gross. She brings up in the, in the very first scene, there's a woman that brings up the the idiom, the rule of thumb. Oh. Huh. She explains it in the movie. So you can look it up yourselves. Okay. I'm tired of doing all the work for, for these <laughs> listeners. I feel like I've actually found that one on the stuff we shouldn't say anymore lists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets... They end up beating her up. <laughs> okay. If I remember correctly. Maybe I'll look into that one for our thing, that segment next week. Tell me about your international idiom, Casey. So my international idiom is a Portuguese idiom. Do you speak Portuguese? Nope. I never mean to offend anyone that is Portuguese, but for having such a ridiculously good-looking population, I don't think that the language sounds cool. Oh, whoa. Okay. So we're getting some notes from our Portuguese listeners. (laughs) Like, it is not... I also think that American English is probably the stupidest sounding language that there is but it's in my head because they're all so attractive it would be like uh i don't know a prettier language than french you want it to sound so... like the fairy language in the lord of the rings like yeah yeah yes yes mm-hmm. i just feel like there's a lot of like stops and starts and there's like some guttural tones and i'm not exactly sure okay. uh, i don't know it that well but i have followed several hot portuguese gymnasts okay. on Instagram. Oh, good. And so hearing them talk, I'm like, hmm. Just, hey, honey, just shh. <laughs> just touch that pretty mouth of yours. Let uh, me just look at you. Maybe I'm a terrible person. I think I'm a terrible person. <laughs> well, I just I said people who had been bedridden for 20 years <laughs> should be killed by their grandson. Mm-hmm. You're the part, you're the one who brought in by Charlie Bucket. All right, so now that no Portuguese people listen anymore. Or children or parents. (laughs) It is uh, to push something with your belly. Oh. And I'm sure it sounds way better in Portuguese than, (laughs) again, in American English. But uh, it means to keep postponing an important chore, which is how I felt all week. Mm. I'm glad you picked one that was on theme for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much. Push, let's push, let's keep pushing these things with our bellies. Mm-hmm. All right, I like it. Thank you. I wish that I did speak Portuguese so I could try to say that. Me too. I have an idiom for our things you shouldn't say anymore segment. This is sold to be sold down the river, to sell something down the river. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> People use that still? I have heard it in my life, yes. This is from that Upworthy article that I've mentioned, common phrases that are actually racist AF. Upon first hearing, many people associate the phrase sold down the river with the notion of being betrayed, lied to, or otherwise screwed over. These definitions all technically apply to the origin. The root of the phrase is much more bleak. You're nodding like you've... Because I I don't think I've heard it in a long time, and it's like to 
throw someone under the bus. Yes. In a sense. Like, it has the same, like, connotation. Mm-hmm. But the history, as soon as you said it, it was like, yeah, oh, yeah well, obviously. Like, of course. But um, it's a literal reference to slavery and families that were torn apart in the South. The river was a reference to the Mississippi or Ohio rivers. For much of the first half of the 19th century, Louisville, Kentucky was one of the largest slave trading marketplaces in the country. Slaves would be taken to Louisville to be sold down the river and transported to the cotton plantations in states further south. The connotation makes sadly makes sense, but also makes casual use of the phrase feel way more cringe-inducing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like the third time in this week that the phrase cringe-inducing has been used around something in my life. Really? Yeah. I need to consult Maybe an you astrologer should make some about that. <laughs> Stop hanging out with those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More to come on that later. Uh, yeah, so there's that. So if you have a suggestion for what to call that segment, please let us know. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. So now we have our segment from the board game Idiomatic from The Good Game Company, where either Casey or Ingrid reads some synonyms for idioms. Who's it going to be, Casey? You could do it. You have them in your hand. All right. Fan, I was fanning them out, you guys, in this very... So that I could... Alluring fashion. You have to choose the one that I could see the answers to. <laughs> okay. Punch the hard covers. Punch the hard covers. This is the one you're going to start out with. I haven't done this for three weeks. You're going to start <laughs> out with this one. Punch uh-huh. the hard covers. Hit the books. There you go. I just had to stall nice a little bit. See? You're fine. Yeah. Just, this is how we live life. <laughs> one red cent put aside is one red cent gained. A penny saved is a penny earned. That was easy. I, amen. <laughs> this one might apply to your week very well. Overscheduled like a single lower-limbed gentleman with a gluteus maximus booting competition. You're going to have to say that one more time and a little bit slower. <laughs> Overscheduled, like a single lower-limbed gentleman with a gluteus maximus booting competition. Uh, uh, overscheduled like a one-legged butt-kicking competition. Over. You've got a lot of the words there. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever heard of this idiot. Busy as a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. Oh, yeah. Never heard that. <laughs> never. Okay. Where did that come from? Uh, pff, let's look into it for next week. Ugh, that's a lot of words. That was a lot of that's words. That's a lot of words and... to, like, become a f- standard phrase that people say again and again and again. <laughs> Enough that... This is very true. Oh, uh, like, what? <laughs> okay. All right. Well... Thanks, you guys, for listening. We're going to hop on over and record our After Dark episode. So if you want to support us and hear those over there, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the language lie. You can email us at the language lie at gmail.com. Or slide into our DMs at the language lie, all one word, on Instagram. And make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, and rate, and comment, or whatever you want to do wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) I mean, don't do whatever you want to do. It's generally not advisable, though it is a lesson I'm trying to learn in life. So maybe do whatever whatever you want to do. (laughs) Fun. Let me know how it works out. Yeah, cool. Okay. Thanks, y'all. Thanks. Bye.